0: The Oklahoma City Thunder just capped off their third win of four games on this road trip with an impressive win in Brooklyn. They're 10 and 0 in their last 10 games in the state of New York where Josh Giddy loves to play. Giddy looks like a star since the turn of the calendar. How is he playing with with SGA alongside of him and is this Thunder team heading for the playoffs? Playoffs, find out on today's Locked On Thunder podcast.
1: You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day I'm your host, meeting member, and editor in chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Pod. Email the show, LO Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Prize Picks. We're gonna dive into Josh Giddy looking like a star. Giddy up. The Oklahoma City Thunder being tied for a play-in spot. Are they aiming higher than that? Playoffs. And SGA has looked so well playing off of Josh Skiddy and vice versa. Lou Dort also caught fire in this one and how the Thunder pulled off yet another impressive win on today's show, which is brought to you by PrizePix. Picks. PrizePix Picks gives first time users and receives them a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on. That's PrizePix.com promo code locked on. Look, it feels like the last seven podcasts I've told you that this is the most impressive win of the season. This is, is the statement win for Oklahoma City. They just keep stacking those quality wins on top of each other. Like the, the Thunder just capped off a road trip, a four-game road trip that was played in the span of 6 days. And they had two off days you know in their windshield what are they called windshield mirror I guess you could say. You know, they had two off days in their purview and they could have easily packed it in tonight. Okay, boys, successful road trip, got a massive sweep on the back-to-back, let's get back to Oklahoma City, let's enjoy these off days and then get regrouped for the Pacers. They even looked like they were running out of gas in the third quarter, but no, they turned it back on in the fourth quarter and got a massive win in Brooklyn. This is what playoff teams do. Like This is what teams that go on to the postseason accomplish. It's playing games like this one, especially whenever you see the Nets go on their massive run and still fighting back. Like this road trip, before the team left Oklahoma City, I was talking to fellow media members at the last game in, you know, against Dallas. Everyone kind of agreed, hey, you know, they win one game on the road trip, it's successful. It's a successful trip because, you know, you had the tough Miami game, but not many people were going to be playing in it. You had the back-to-back, Philly, Chicago, very tough. And then you had this game against the Nets, which at the time did not know about the KD stuff necessarily, uh, You know, until, to the extent that we know it now. But still, without KD... Even, even so, the Nets are a tough team. The, the Thunder would have taken you know a one-win trip. They got three, and they're a point away from having all four. Like This is the most impressive stretch of Thunder basketball that these young players have played. And it's been led by Josh Giddey, who is currently playing like a star. He was the sixth overall pick, folks. It's not insane that he could sustain this level of play but he does need an, I love New York shirt before the team left New York. I hope that somebody bought that for him because he nearly had his third triple double in the state of New York. He's fantastic in transition. Even in the first half, he had 10 points, five rebounds, five assists. He ends the game with 28 points, nine, uh, nine rebounds, nine assists, only one turnover for the turnover crowd out there. One for four from three, 57% from the floor. In 2023, Josh Giddy is averaging 19 points, 6 assists, 7 rebounds, and 50% from the floor, 39% from deep, entering tonight. And that, of course, will go up with this game against New York. I thought that it was incredible to see Josh Giddey perform at this level when the team needed the most to rely on him. You know, SGA didn't have it going early, but then turned it on in the second half. The Thunder offensively didn't really have it going in general. The Nets are the 28th team in pace, and the game was kind of slow. Uh, both teams were missing shots. The Thunder missing quality looks, but they kept chipping away, kept going through their their process, and eventually it ended up with them swelling their lead and getting a win in Brooklyn. But throughout this, you saw Josh Giddy's confidence, you saw his, saw his leadership, and you saw his great play. He got chippy a bit with Nick Claxton, then goes scores right through him, lowers his shoulder, scores through the center, and gives him a little gives him a little you're too small. Uh, which was uh, obviously great to see. He had an and one again. He's getting to the line more by attacking downhill with a full head of steam and being more powerful on he on his drives and getting, you know, closer to the rim and not settling for these, you know, you know, shy away contact floaters. He's going through contact now and using his big frame to to his benefit, which is what the Thunder wanted to do all along. And he mentioned that um, a couple games ago. He mentioned that that's been the biggest adjustment he's made this season has been. Using his body and taking on more contact, and it's hopefully going to result in more foul calls. It has in this last week for him. He had the tough, flagrant one, which you know, I thought by the rule book, sure, the extra shuffle I think is what did him in. It was nothing, you know, ill intent. I think that whenever we hear the word flagrant as as fans, we think that it's just some egregious, like um, harmful, bad sportsmanship, trying to hurt somebody. That's not necessarily the the context of the rule, especially in in these landing spot fouls. Yeah, the the jump shooter over-exaggerated his jump a little bit, but when you see the extra shuffle from Giddy at the end, I think that that's what the officials were looking at. But in this game, there were so many great things from Josh Giddy, including his fit with, with SGA. But I think that his hockey assists are what stood out the most. You can just see that Josh Giddy sees the game. Whenever Mark talks about connectors in the offense, and has mentioned Poku in this fact a lot, now, we think a lot of transition, but also, in the half court, you're seeing Josh Giddy see the game and, and, and see what's going to happen before anyone else. So while we call them hockey assists, when you pass to one guy and he passes to the assist, really for Josh Giddey, I would call them chess assists, because he's seeing the board and setting it up for everybody. He's, he's playing a few moves before everyone else. He's playing chess while others are playing checkers. He's passing to a guy who isn't necessarily open, but... He knows how the defense will react to that player, and will be able to swing and find an open shot uh, with someone else in the realm of this offense, and allow the team to score, especially whenever they're going on a scoring drought. Uh, Josh Giddey's, you know, high IQ and savviness is able to allow the Thunder to break it. But again, in twenty twenty three, he's been awesome: nineteen points, six assists, seven rebounds a night. Like that, he's been incredible since the turn of the calendar. He's been incredible since December 1st. Those numbers are pretty well the same since December 1st as well. That's how long he sustained this high level of play. And the fit with with SGA and Josh Giddy should no longer be questioned. And I know it's it's only his second season, and I know it's a small sample size of that second season only since December 1st, but if you were willing to jump off ship last season, you should be willing to jump back on this year because they have figured out the formula, and that's the entire battle. Like, the, the staggering that Mark does with SGA and Josh Giddey, where SGA plays the entire first, Josh Giddey takes on the second, uh, and then SGA plays the entire third, and then they split this, the the fourth quarter. They do the same splits in the second and fourth, and the same same thing in the you know, first and third as well. Like Seeing them stagger with each other allows this Thunder team to elongate their offense, elongate their depth, and always have a guy on the floor to... Get them into their action to stop the bleeding and to, at, at times, whenever you need them to, you know, respectively, go be that initial score. Go be someone who gets you a bucket. And that's what Josh Giddy has unlocked since December 1st. Like, that's what's changed this entire dynamic is Josh Giddy being able to score. This is the formula to winning. It's getting great third quarters and hopefully getting off to great starts, which they've done more of in the, in the year 2023 than they did before the turn of the calendar, getting great starts, getting great third quarters. And we used to say survive the non-SGA minutes as as though it was a a tall task. You know, can they survive? Can they hold on? I said it all throughout the start of the season. But they've turned that phrase around. They're now thriving in the non-SGA minutes, and that's not a shot at SGA. They're thriving in the non-SGA minutes to then bring him back in to a more comfortable lead and allow him to be the closer. He's still the guy, he's still the number one, he's still the most talented player, he's still the everything, but instead of now holding on for dear life in those non-SGA minutes in the fourth quarter, you're able to extend your lead. You're able to, you know, have him come back and not be in desperation mode from the word go, which has benefited this Thunder team greatly. The Thunder started that fourth quarter down by five points. In that quarter, Josh Giddy scored 11 points. In that quarter, SGA scored seven points. They played well separate and together and off of each other. And in that fourth quarter, Josh Giddy was a plus 14. The Thunder have found their formula, their identity. It's playing with space. It's cutting. It's it's playing unselfish basketball with great ball movement. And it's these two guys you know, taking turns, and not in the same way Kevin Durant and Russ took turns of some, in terms of ISO ball, but taking turns of carrying the load. And then whenever they're playing together, you're seeing SGA make that extra pass to Josh Giddey to knock down a three. You're seeing Josh Giddey make that pass to a cutting SGA diving toward the rim, where he's so good at finishing. And you're seeing the Thunder win games. They start the fourth quarter down by five. They end the fourth quarter with a ten point win in Brooklyn. It's Kyrie Irving and the Nets, a Nets team who is clicking on all cylinders right now. And I, I know that they lost KD. I know that they didn't have Ben Simmons in this one, and I think that the Ben Simmons stuff does matter. Like I think that not having Ben Simmons to be able to funnel. SGA into Claxon and playing on the perimeter with SGA did allow SGA to get loose a bit here, especially in the second half. But still, the Thunder took care of business. And they did it because of their two young stars. Their two young guards that people freaked out about all last year, if they can play together. You're seeing the model of them playing together, and they're doing so without their partner, without the duo's trio of Chet Holmgren. And even in this game, they didn't have J-Dub step up. It was, it was Lou Dorth that stepped up. He was he was fantastic, but Jada only had one point. It was your, your two guards with a catalyst, 28 points for each of them. We'll talk about SGA's game coming up and so much more. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at Prize Picks, folks. Prize Picks is incredible. It is a very fun app that you should go download and use today or go to the website, prizepicks.com, either one that you want to do. What Prize Picks is, it's just you. Versus the projected numbers, it's it's just that way, uh, that simple. You pick two to six players, and you guess are they going to score more or less than their prize pick projections. And if you hit, you can win twenty five times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other players. It's just you versus the projection numbers on the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, WNBA, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Eurobasket, cricket, and more. And you can even do cross, you know, sport entries. What do I mean by that? Well, you can take the over on Dak Prescott yards tonight, and also the over on Jason Tatum points tonight. It's that easy to enter, and you can have some fun. Put some, put a laptop on, put a TV on, get dual screens going, and watch all, both of the games, and see if you can hit on a cross sport parlay, which I think is very fun at Prize Picks. Go there right now. They're going to give you a hundred percent deposit matchup to hundred dollars promo code locked on and make sure you check them out today.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to locked on NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's talk SGA. He started out 0-3 for and just did not look like he had the legs in this one, which you can't really blame him because of the tough schedule, but finishes with 28 points, 7 rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, only 1 turnover. The Thunder only had eight as a team. He shot 47% from the floor, one for four from three. And at the end of this game, he was the closer. Coffee's for closers. He deserves a cup of joe after this one because he made tough shots to truly salt this game away. Played extremely well on both ends of the floor. And the Thunder were able to get a huge win. And I cannot put into words how difficult that this road trip was. You play Miami, should have won the game, you know, and, and you're gonna want that one back in general, but still, hard fought game, good effort. It is huge to beat a fully healthy 76ers team in Philadelphia. I mean, that is massive. And then the next night to go to Chicago, who was only missing DeRozan, which is a big piece of their puzzle, but still, you know, down one health one healthy player, you know, because Lonzo Ball has not been healthy all season, down one healthy player, and to fight off a few Chicago runs and win that game was massive. And then it's getaway day, you're in Brooklyn, you get punched in the mouth in the third quarter, you get punched in the mouth at the end of the second quarter, you lose what's typically your best frame in the third quarter, and to still come back and not look ahead to those off days, and man, it's going to be nice to get some time off, and let's just get back at home, and you know it's a successful trip going two and two, no one would have thought that they'd be in this spot right now. No, to win the road trip is huge. And I talked about how you can judge this team after this road trip. And the judgment's in. A three-game winning streak right now. They are one point away from sweeping the four-game roadie where we were all saying, "Ah, eh, you know, take one, maybe two. And it'd be a really successful week. Through injuries where you're playing this well without Chet Holmgren all season, you don't have a center because Poku and, and Jerry are both out. You don't have your lottery pick in Usman Jang. You've been a bad road team all year, and you do this. You win three straight, including a road, road, back-to-back, and 10 straight wins in New York. The judgment is in on Judgment Day, January 16th, which I predicted a couple weeks ago. The Thunder are a play-in team this year. And while we keep using play-in as the barometer because we don't want to go too crazy, we don't want to get too wild, we don't want to get too out of hand, and there's still half a season to go. They, as they get healthy, if you if you think that Poku makes this team better, if you think that Jeremiah Robinson makes this team better, then they're only a game and a half out of the sixth seed and avoiding the play-in entirely. Now again, that's a long way to go. It's a long ways off. It's a long season still ahead. But on Judgment Day, it is clear this team is playing game of consequences. It is clear that this team is good enough to make the play-in, which is impressive. And I'll explain in detail why you should be on board for that if you're somebody that's still holding on to the alternative. But this shows you how bright the future is because you still have a historic amount of ammunition in draft capital. You still have clean salary cap. You still have Chet Holmgren waiting in the wings. You really still have two lottery picks waiting in the wings. Because we have not seen much of Usman Jane this year, and the last time we saw him play, he looked really good in Atlanta. So you really have two, you know, you really have two lottery picks who are not active right now that, that you figure will play a big role in the future. You don't select someone second overall for nothing. You don't trade three future first-round picks for nothing. Like, you project them to be really good players, and I know that what you're going to say, you know, rookies typically are net negative. Yeah, rookies who are typically a net negative either play for disastrous franchises like Houston or they play in really good teams where they don't get minutes. This is the rare scenario, the rare mixture where rookies are impactful. The Thunder are not where they're at right now without Jada. The Thunder would be even better right now with Chet Holmgren because what do they lack? What has been the root cause of the majority of their losses? Rim protection, rebounding, spacing. What does Chet Holmgren provide? Rim protection, rebounding, spacing. So I'm not sure how people can still say, while we're watching rookies impact this team heavily already, how they can still say, uh, you know, Chet Holmgren would not make a difference. He would make a dramatic difference. Because the Thunder would actually use the rookies and have a, and have a system that benefit them. Are we forgetting that the Thunder, who are closing in on the playoffs, while you're saying that rookies are usually a net negative, are the second youngest team in NBA history only because they can't be the youngest because last year's team was the youngest and these guys have to, of course, age. So they barely aged out of being the worst of being not the worst, being the youngest team in all of basketball, which they were last year. And since everyone got older by one year, now they're the second youngest team. NBA history and the youngest team this year and they're still tied for the play-in. They are still knocking on the door of the playoffs and Josh Giddy is playing like a star since the turn of the calendar year. So let's all Giddy up. But this is fun. This is awesome. The future is bright. The future is so bright and Lou Dort provides such a great element for this team when he has hot shooting nights. He goes five for seven from three, started out three for three with a tip in put back, which was awesome. He even had an off the dribble three late in this game, which was huge to to kind of um, elongate the lead and and to help the thunder get over the hump five rebounds, two assists, 22 points and drew multiple offensive fouls, which OKC finished by drawing four offensive fouls. We'll get into that more later on. And also lost in the shuffle because it wasn't just the great shooting night, obviously, was his dump off past SGA for an easy two whenever he drove to the rim. Now, look, the rim finishing is still frustrating. The rim finishing is still not where it needs to be. And in fact, if Lou Dort could, could finish at the rim, then he would unlock a whole new level of his game. It would increase his points per game by at least four. And that's being conservative because he's shooting 52% at the rim and he's taken 196 rim attempts, according to Cleaning the Glass. So, despite not finishing well, the one area that has gotten better from him at the rim is his decision-making, his ability to pass out whenever he drives. That's gotten so much better this year. It is a career best for him. It's still not perfect, but it's a career best for him in terms of rim drives decision-making, which he said at media day was going to be a huge improvement, and so far it has been half a year into the season. Baisley didn't have a huge box score game. Six points, six rebounds, three assists, a block, 50% from the floor, but he had a really massive impact on how this team won. He played the entire fourth quarter and Mark talked about how it's because he was so switchable defensively and was able to give them the look that they want defensively to hold on and win this game. But I want to give Baisley credit because he had that phenomenal game in Chicago. Building block Basley was back. He had his fantastic game for building block Baisley. And in the first few possessions, it was clunky. It was not good. He starts out over two with a turnover and you're thinking, oh no, here comes the revision. Like Here here comes the, the regression. uh uh-uh. Since starting 0-2 with one turnover, he missed one more shot and had zero turnovers since that point while playing excellent defense, while getting rebounds and stopping possessions, while scoring six points. Like, there was a big Baisley moment and, you know, for him to, to not allow those negative plays to continue to pile upon themselves and to be consistent these last couple of games. And also the Thunder... Don't really hold on to the win this game without his defense. So credit to him. We'll talk Isaiah Joe, Jay Will, and the rest of this Thunder team all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, better good friends over at Built Bar, folks. Built Bar is incredible. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and order yours today. It's great pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement or a snack. So make sure that you check them out including not just at Boat.com anymore, including at Walmart and Sam's Club in the pharmacy section. How about that? Moving up in the world, you can go check them out in retail stores like Walmart right now. But also, if your preferred way to order is still online, they have their entire selection there, like cookies and cream, cookie dough, peanut butter brownie. Those are all fantastic flavors. Uh, they even rolled out limited time only specialty flavors. One recently that I liked was Snickerdoodle. So you can always check back to the website for what the next invention is going to be what the next incredible flavor will be brownie batter is a huge one as well that people love. So check it out today. See which ones that you will love at built.com built bar is the best protein bar out on the market for my money. And I encourage you to go try it built.com.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
0: We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Game to Game podcast for our nightly recap of everything that happened in the association. Isaiah Joe just continues to hit clutch threes. Nine points, three rounds of steal and a block. And I think what gets lost with Isaiah Joe is how good he is defensively. He plays so much bigger than he is. And a good way to contextualize this is watching that block that he had. Watch the whole possession. Watch how he stays glued to Royce O'Neal and stays in front of him. And then eventually rises up and gets a block on O'Neill who has like four inches on him. Like it is awesome to watch Isaiah Joe compete on the defensive end. And he's never going to be a lockdown defender. He's never going to be a, a tremendous point of attack defender. But he competes. He competes. And he's scrappy on that end. His... his his famous move is, is if you drive toward his side of the floor, he's going swip, to swipe his hand in the cookie jar. He's going to creep down in there and creepily grab a steal. He finds ways to create an advantage for himself despite his size, and he plays bigger than he is, and he competes. And that's half the battle. Half the battle on defense is just effort. It's just effort. Now, we'll talk about the playoffs, you know, whenever the time comes to do that. And if, if this competing is going to be enough to keep him on the floor, but with his hot shooting, with his three-point shooting and his ability to compete and, and the Thunder's ability to switch and to play team defense and to switch up man and zone, it shouldn't be a problem. And if it shouldn't be a problem to keep Joe on the floor in the playoffs, he is such a valuable player, especially for somebody who's on a multi-year deal that's all minimum contract. That's all minimum salary. Let's talk J-Wolf from Arkansas. Another guy, not, not a tremendous box score. Like, if you, if you didn't watch this game and you look back on it, you're not going to think it's a huge deal. 6.7 rebounds and an assist. But the big thing for me is he shot four times in the first five minutes and he's playing with much better offensive force With that, which I think can translate to you know, confidence and comfortability which is huge for the development of his game. He had his best game ever in Philadelphia. Didn't play in Chicago on the back-to-back. I think that that has something to do with the ankle but I wasn't there to ask Mark and confirm. I think that that has something to do with the ankle and not wanting to kind of push him too much. And then in this game... He plays great, great drop coverage in the pick and roll. One thing that stood out in the pick and roll, you can go back and find this possession where he gets screen switched onto Kyrie, contests Kyrie incredibly well at the elbow. Then after the contest, sprints down to the low block, boxes out, and is able to create a rebound for someone else um, on that possession to end the possession for OKC. Like that's fantastic stuff from J-Will. I thought he played really, really well despite the box score not really showing up that way. You know, in the sense of like not popping off the screen at you. But all in all. This was a great Thunder win. Again, the the Thunder are third in pace, the Nets are 28th, and the Nets did a great job in the first half, especially the first quarter of slowing the game down and kind of having a stalemate a bit. But then, in the fourth quarter especially, the Thunder were able to go on a massive run and win the game by 10. The Nets caught fire in the second, and this is where even I questioned if the Thunder had the legs, had the energy, if they just simply ran out of gas, because to start the second, they were fantastic. The Thunder made a little bit of a run in the middle of the second quarter, but then it was an awful close to the third, just awful. The Nets in the third, the Nets in the second quarter on the 13 to three run. And it looked like the Thunder had just ran out of gas and, and you couldn't have blamed them if they did. And so in the second half, the Thunder, you know, head to the locker rooms down by two. There had already been 13 lead changes, already been six times tied. And in the third quarter, Kyrie had a quick six points and the Thunder missed a ton of good looks. And so whenever Kyrie goes for six points, the Thunder missed a ton of good looks. They get down by 10 points in the third, they chip away, make it a five point game in the fourth quarter No Schieders for the fourth quarter, but he returns to a nice lead. The Thunder draw four offensive fouls. The Thunder have two players in the top 10 in that category, Dort and Kenny. Kenny's 10th, Dort is first, and they lead the league in charge drawn per game as a team. The Thunder only lost the rebounding battle by one, which I thought was a testament to them swarming to the ball, tapping out rebounds, and creating tie-ups for themselves. The Thunder were a plus two in in points. The Thunder dominate fast break points 10 to 2. The Thunder were negative four in second chance points. OKC shot 44, 38, and 77. Brooklyn shot 43, 29, and 66. A three-point barrage in the fourth allowed the Thunder to get this win. The bet today was plus four and a half for OKC. That cashed in. The MVP of this game was Josh Giddy. He was simply the best player on the court tonight, which featured two all-stars and two superstar players. So credit to Josh Giddy. He's been playing phenomenal, and the future is so bright in OKC. Let me know. Do you think that OKC will make the playoffs. And how excited are you about Josh Giddy? Giddy up. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.